Okay, welcome to episode 194 of Tell Me Where to Turn. We were back in just less than one short month after episode 193. Things are looking up. I am one third of the podcast at Tommy2 underscore zero on Twitter. You can find me at Glenn three underscore 11. And I, I don't think we did any of these formatics in the last episode either. Oh, wow. It, been so it was long. very, it was very episode so one like. Yes. It was episode one like in the quality of the editing as well. Uh, and I am at point break underscore Dave on Twitter or X on X as, as Tommy also experiences. And when he goes to Vegas during the world series, but a few problems on the back end <laughs> of the recording last time. Boy, did we, I, I feel strong. like episode one was, was the pinnacle of ease of editing. Cause we just had two guys, one mic. That's right. One this, take. Yeah, there's three major cities piecing everything together with neither one of you actually understand how to properly record yourself. It's wow. It's almost more than I can bear. But I was I'm here. I'm good for at least 200 episodes. I was not surprisingly not prepared by the time we were supposed to start. I mean, I had the I had the computer on, but that was uh, about it. But then I got caught up in. Uh, playing my sons with his new drum set. So got a Ooh. little, little caught up in that. So be, am I being an expert musician Real here? drums here? Uh, it's a, it's like an electric. It's not an acoustic one. Oh, okay. So they're like the, um, if it's not turned on, it doesn't make a lot of noise, like the little pads. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the pads. And then you can, uh, so what I do is, plug into the kit so you can hear in one ear what you're hitting and successfully striking and then listen to a song in the other ear that I'm trying to play that I, I don't know how to play it, but you know, it's a, for an old man, it's good. It's good exercise. I feel like the terrible type of music you listen to is very heavy on the drums. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unsurprisingly difficult to just pick up and say, Hey, let's play, try to play this. Did you have to buy the electronic extra kick drum add-on so you had double going? Um, that's That hasn't been purchased yet, but if things go well, maybe in 2026, that might be something is we're adding the second second kick drum. Goodness. Is... Is rock band still a thing, or is that is that time past? Uh, there's there's not new new games and material coming out from that. I don't think. Because there was a time when I was I was I owned everything they made. I think. I mean, I had all the all the accessories, the add-ons, all of them. Didn't you have a smoke machine? Oh yeah, and it wasn't just. That I bought a smoke machine to play. It was a rock band branded smoke machine that you plugged in into one of the USB ports, and it had you know a light and smoke that would that would come out at the appropriate time for the songs. What a time to be alive! <laughs> that was that was a simpler time. No, and I sure. had the 
I had the Guitar Hero version, and at first it was just the guitars, and then they included the drum set and that with World Tour, I believe, was the <laughs> first game that had that. And yeah, hour, and all, all we had was time, too. But, I mean, just hours playing that. I have but, not. But there was... I was going to say, I've not looked into it, but I guarantee, and Glenn's right, like they're not making new games, but I guarantee there's a community that's keeping the last version of Guitar Hero and Rock Band alive. I recently stumbled across, um, because I guess next year, I think they are finally bringing back NCAA football, the EA game, but there's been a community keeping that game live this whole time that they put patches online with all the new rosters and they'll actually go in and edit you know player strengths and change things in the game to make it more realistic with modern college football it's there's just with what we can do now there are people keeping all those franchises alive yeah i want to see that's a the line graph of the, the people that are involved in keeping all the player ratings and strengths along with like the correlation with number of dates, <laughs> like me in high school, as I'm renaming and creating players on NBA live, I'm like, I'm going to do the entire 1986 Celtics. <laughs> Perfect segue to something else, video game and definitely not date related, but Dave sent me this YouTube video a few days ago about tetris and he said you gotta watch this he's like i can't explain it you just gotta watch it and i did and i i mean it's it's hard to even know where to begin but that was probably 12 minutes of my life that that i'll never recover from but there was a, a community and dave please jump in because you're way more familiar with it than i am that their goal was to get Far enough in Tetris that you would create, uh, you know, a, a glitch in the game where it would freeze up. And they essentially figured out a way to hold the controller and they have to wear this special glove. And they're they're holding it, the NES controller kind of upside down so that they can like create vibrations on the bottom of the controller to be able to manipulate the pieces fast enough at the the highest speed level that it maxes out at. It, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen, that there are people that are that starved for any sexual contact that they could come <laughs> up with this. It was really <laughs> fascinating. I'll send it to you, Glenn. I I haven't seen the video, but I've read something about it. it was a 13 year old i think that yeah. got to the kill screen yeah and what was interesting was i think that he was shocked because he was only on like screen 130 something and there had been someone who had gotten 50 or 60 more screens down the road but whatever his approach was caused it to to glitch earlier than than expected but I also read I couldn't picture it because they but they described in the article the like the button tapping methods 
And again, I kind of had the same thought, like who watching the video of them doing the button tapping is mind blowing, but equally mind blowing is a guy had done a analysis of the game's code and built an Excel file that essentially starting at level 130 or whatever it was had worked out the permutations of what would bring out the kill screen because it was it was very specific series of events. It was it was you had to get to a certain level and then it was okay you had to you know kill three blocks at the same time on this specific scenario. So that was why there was variability. And you don't really have a say at that time and the game's moving so fast and you don't control what pieces are coming. So you don't know when you're going to get presented the option to kill it. Based on that. That was kind of like what they they found, and just to quickly summarize it for people that have no idea what we're talking about, the Tetris, and this is all the original NES Tetris, fairly early by when they're talking about being at level 130, like fairly early in the game, I think it's level like 29, is the max speed it ever gets to as far as how fast the, the pieces are falling. Like, after that, it's just constant. So once they figured out how to move the the pieces with this new technique to actually be able to move them, you know, it was kind of like they thought it was essentially limitless. Like, it's not going to get any faster. And then as they played through it, what they realized is, like, the way the game was programmed it just like every six levels or something, it just darkened the shade of each color. And it eventually got to like a level where it was so dark, you couldn't see the pieces or barely could see them. And then you had to like get past those levels. So it reset to where you could see them again. And then, yeah, as uh, Tommy mentioned, then starting around like one level 130, there's all these different things that would trigger it. And the guy that, the 13 year old missed the first one. Like the most obvious one was getting one line disappeared at this level. And he, you know, did something that canceled three lines at once. And everyone was like, Oh no, he missed it like now. But then he hit it like six levels later. And I think the first thing he said was he couldn't feel his hands. Cause <laughs> I guess the way they have to grip it, the controller. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot of brain aneurysms in the future of that community. Just even watching them do it. Uh, well, sounds pretty, pretty replaceable. <laughs> a lot of, not a lot of high war scores going on, being posted there. Well, speaking of things that aren't replaceable, I, I think we would agree. Point Break Dave probably. Well, I don't know. He may be. He may be slightly above replacement level. We'll see. We'll let the show play out. But uh, I did a little traveling over Christmas and and we were kind of out of pocket. So I wasn't, you know, at my normal level of connectedness. But I was quite shocked. Uh, Was this the day? Was this Christmas Eve, Dave? Or was it the day after? What are we talking about? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. But you know what? It wasn't Christmas. It was the week before Christmas. It was it was the week I was in Oxford. Oh, yeah. We'll was, cover it was, later. It was the week before. Yeah, I knew this... I was in a hotel, but it was it was when I was in Oxford. So I get I start to get text messages, our our big group text. And 
Point Break Dave has let it be known that if you would like to tune into the live stream on his OnlyFans, he's at a table with some Asians. <laughs> yeah. So um, Point Break Dave was had entered a uh, a large poker tournament in Austin. It was called the Art of Poker. Am I getting that correct? That is correct. Yes. And this particular poker tournament, like many of the more notable ones do, they had a select table that they would feature for televising. In this case, it was on a uh, on a live stream on a very uh, highly followed YouTube channel. And Dave Love, I mean, they playing this tournament all day. I'm, you know, getting close to the end, and they've selected my table to go on the stream if anybody would want to tune in and watch. And of course. You know, you've got a bunch of people on off work for Christmas on the weekend, and we were uh, the group was all in on this. Unfortunately, I, you know, as I kind of fumbled through there, I got confused on my dates. I was not in a position to watch because I was at a wedding in Oxford, Mississippi. But I'll kind of let Dave take it from here because this this what turned into be like a novelty very quickly got uh, very exciting as as uh, Dave started to make his way through the field. Yeah, so uh, up uh, here in here in Austin is uh, obviously Texas laws. We do not have casinos, but we are able to have poker clubs. And uh, the largest, I think it's like the third largest poker room in the world is actually here in Austin. That I get to uh, I get to play it quite a bit and typically just go play cash games. I don't consider myself a big tournament player because tournaments, you're committing to a lot of time. You know, you're once you're in, you're, you know, obviously if you make it, you could be knocked out at any time, but you're committing to all day or multi-day in, in many cases. And I don't really have the lifestyle that's like, hey, I'm going to block off 12 hours to go play this poker tournament. All that to say, uh, this particular weekend, uh, Muscle Matt and his wife had come down and visited us. And, of course, you know, went to the gym, as as Glenn is, knows very well. And uh, Muscle Matt and I were sitting around. We're like, hey, I got the old... This, poker tournament called the art of poker kicking off here at noon why don't we go check that out so we uh make our way down there i think we were i think it started i think we got there about one but you can late register so we hop in and uh you know i think i don't know there were several hundred three between three and four hundred i believe started in the tournament and we get, you know, several hours in, first break, meet up with Muscle Matt. Obviously, he's at a different table. You know, I was telling him, like, man, things are going pretty well. Things are going, uh, building up a bit of a chip stack here. And then, uh, you know, a few hours go by. Unfortunately, uh, Muscle Matt uh, got busted in the tournament. But, you know, I'm, I'm chugging along and we're whittling down and, it's actually funny. I think I texted uh, Tommy and, and some of our other poker buddies about with about 
70 players left. Made a huge hero call for my tournament life with fourth pair because I thought it was a stone bluff and, and was right. I was feeling pretty good after that. And we get down to, I think it was a little under 50 people. And uh, they said, when well, first, I think 36 was the bubble. Like, once you got down to the last 36, everyone cashed. Like, that's when the payout started. And then they said, when we get down to... All right, I guess we'll just leave that there. Because they're like, all right, you know, I think we were still about 10 away from the bubble. So we are like 46 players, and we hit the dinner break. The dinner break in this tournament is only 30 minutes. So... How are you going to get a cheeseburger in 30 minutes? Well, <laughs> here's, where I'm gonna take, here's where I'm going to take mus- Muscle Matt to task a bit. Because, I mean, it's, you know, it's, n- what, 9, 10 o'clock at night at this point, right? And obviously you're, like, not eating during the tournament, don't have any food. And I have not gone nine hours without eating in a long time. So I'm, so I'm messaging... Uh, Messing, message, texting Muscle Matt because there's a few options. Right across the parking lot is a Whataburger. Unfortunately, <laughs> that Whataburger is the training Whataburger. Oh, oh, you know what? I've seen one of those before. Oh yeah, uh, I think oh, when I was in San Antonio. Tell me what this place. is. Yeah, I need to know what this is. I've no, never no, heard. Go ahead, describe it. No, it's basically just. I mean, there's not anything all that different inside, but it's like when they hire new employees, they all go to this Whataburger to work there for like three days to learn. So if you're trying to get food quickly, it's an absolute disaster. But so there's essentially three options. There's that which like I said, it's going to be a disaster and that's probably where everyone else is going to go because it's the closest. If you walk way down the little center there, there's a CC's. Oh, but no, no. I figured having diarrhea for the rest of the tournament <laughs> would be poor. Yeah. You're kind of beholden to their time. So yeah, they don't uh, stop the clock if you're getting up to over three. I really hope the third option was a super salad. No. The third option, as far as food, I'm very much okay with, is a nice Outback Steakhouse. Oh, th- there are no rules there. Just right. That's right. So I tell, I'm texting Muscle Matt maybe like 10 minutes before the break's going to start. And I was like, hey, man, look, I don't have much time. It's going to be 30 minutes. Run over there, get us a couple seats at the bar, order us up some food, and then I'll walk over and, you know, We'll be fine. So I don't hear back. I assume, like a good tag team partner, he's read that and just out the door, you know, the wild coyote <laughs> imprint as he just ran through the wall to go. So, uh, I mean, meanwhile, like he's playing a cash game. After he busted out of the tournament, he went and, and got in a cash game and is doing very well. So I, uh, I get up and I'm walking towards the door. Once the break starts, and who do I see? Muscle Matt just sitting there. I'm like, hey. He's like, oh, I misread that. I, I didn't realize you wanted me to go. So, <laughs> so we walk over there, and it as, turned heel in the middle of the tournament. This is, this is unbelievable. This is yeah. 
And, I mean, for those of the audience that are not familiar with poker tournaments, the, uh, you know, the blinds you pay increase throughout the tournament. So, especially late in tournaments, you don't want to be missing a lot of hands. Like, that's very bad. So, we walk over there, order, order a nice beer, and I'm like, man, we just order appetizers, right? Those will come out fast. Get some uh, Aussie cheese fries and be probably good to go. Not, probably not at Outback. So we uh, do that. I got my little timer going. And I mean, like, I'm like, I have to go back. Like, it's there's no food. So they bring out the food, like, as I'm standing up. So I get, like, three bites of cheese fries. I run back across the parking lot like i've already missed like it's been running for six minutes now i've missed two rounds of blinds i'm like man so we're getting close to the bubble we hit the bubble so now we're down to 36 you know all making money but at this point you're making like a couple hundred bucks right like the min cash is not not that not that good you know you didn't say at the beginning but what was the entry fee for this event uh, 250. Okay. You're barely break, maybe breaking even at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's more than you bought in. Yeah. Um, uh, but not much. It's, I mean, it's very similar to DraftKings. Very top heavy. So they make the announcement at this time, like, Hey, when we get down to 24 players, we're going to completely redraw tables. We're going to do three tables of eight and we're going to randomly select one to go into the, like, televised the stream room so we get down to we get down to 24 and sure enough my table gets picked so i fire off a quick text because there has been if anyone watches poker closely a lot of the stream games have had issues with cheating recently like people getting information uh so they make you Take your phone, anything with any kind of connectivity. Like you had, I had to take my AirPods, and you have to like lock them in a locker in a different room. So I fire off a quick text, like, "Hey, guys, here's the link. I won't be able to communicate for a while." So we go in there. Tommy, do you have a question? You looked like you were. No, I was just going to ask if. With with your phone locked up and your AirPods locked up, was there a better chance of getting a table at Outback at this point or the same? <laughs> it's probably about the same, to be honest. So run in there and, you know, it's very cool, right? Like they have the little uh, scanners that read your cards. You know, the live stream has a commentator that's, you know, talking about everything. Um, very cool setup. So unfortunately, I get in there. And just get completely card dead. Like, just can't get anything going. Watching my chips dwindle. But, uh, which was kind of frustrating. Because I was like, man, there's a lot of exciting hands that would have been fun for everyone that's watching. But that was all before the, uh, before I got moved into the, the stream table. But, you know, hey, the will to win, right? You just, you, you battle and... Then, yeah, we get down from, you know, 24 to uh, to 18 and now it's, there's like two tables and the, you know, the pay jumps are getting a little, a uh, little better. Keep going, keep going, have a few, few hands, got a, 
got a double up, got it all in, won the hand. Uh, we get down to uh, nine. Now we're at the final table. We're down to the final nine. And I think, I'm trying to remember, I think ninth may, I don't remember if it was ninth or eighth place, but you were at least in, in over a thousand, right? So now it's, you're like, all right, it's getting worth it. So we keep playing, get down to like six. There's a little chatter about, hey, let's make a deal, you know, kind of split up some money kind of quickly. Like, yeah, let's just keep playing, right? So interrupt real quick. Is that in these tournaments, is that always on the table once it gets to a certain number that that's always allowed? If everybody says, hey, just five different ways evenly. That's yeah. that's how we want to do it. Okay. Yeah. So I think typically in these one day events, there kind of gets a point where they've escalated the blind so high that it becomes really luck focused. And I think at that point people are very more than happy typically to chop it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No, there does definitely comes a point where uh in relation to the blinds, everyone stack is short enough that even if you have an edge, it's not really going to do you much good. So we get down to four handed. We get a couple people to bust. And now. Final four. Final four. So now we start. A lot of 400 people. Correct. One percent. Now we start. Unbelievable. We start talking about a chop. And. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. I saw part of the audience there. I don't know if you want to. Use that phrasing based on some of the players involved. <laughs> Playing against a samurai, from what I recall. So we uh, we end up doing what is called an ICM chop. So that stands for independent chip model, which is basically it looks at the remaining prize pool and assigns a value to chips. So then, like, you know, the person with the most chips gets the most money in the chop, and it's kind of proportioned based on that. And I was actually short stack at this moment, but not not by much. So we run the calculation, and essentially everyone was getting between, like, I think I was the lowest payout at 7,600, and I think the highest was a little over nine. A little over 9,000. So we start negotiating and essentially we end up on, all right, well, I'll take the ICM chop payouts, but everyone's going to pull 500 off theirs to create an additional 2,000 and the winner gets the extra 2,000. So at that point, like fourth for me fourth third and second all pay the same like i get my chop and i'm not getting more unless i win so at that point i think uh, briefly i was actually the chip leader we start playing real fast because it doesn't matter until you either win or get the same amount and unfortunately i ended up busting in fourth but pretty Mm. good little payday did make the podium did not make the podium. Nobody remembers fourth place. 
I'm assuming in terms of single day poker winnings, that's a record for you, right? Tournament wise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I that's think, I've never won. Yeah. Substantial so, amount of money. I only have one question. Yes. You're free to say no. Is there any way you could Venmo me that seven grand so I could pay for the vacation I just got back from? Oh no. Is this the Dominican Republic? Please, please help me. <laughs> Let's yeah. hear about this. It was great. I mean, I, I spent uh, there six days, and I feel like I spent like five hours at least each day just laying in a lounge chair on the beach, just doing the most nothing a human could possibly do. And everything was just like I didn't half the days I didn't even go through the effort of of going up to the bar and ordering ordering a drink it was just because they had different cocktails of the day when they came by I just said cocktail of the day and do like the from the Gary Busey from Point Break and give me two <laughs> just whatever it was did you find the service there to just be over the top good like we did when we uh, went uh yeah I, I they did. were just so kind and attentive, and it was very different than being a, in an American resort. For sure. And at some point, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, I, I like, and I like the all-inclusive part of it, but then there's some things that I'm like, it's <laughs> it's very much Prince Akeem when he wakes up on his <laughs> 21st birthday. He's like... I can do this myself. I don't need you to do this for me. I don't need you to, I don't know, something I want to do, like you go schedule it for me. I can make a phone call or walk two minutes. See, we fully embraced that when we were there. (laughs) When we were there and they have like your assigned butler, whatever they call it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh yeah. And we we were sitting there and one day we locked our uh our hotel room keys in the room and we were down by the beach getting our cocktails and just texted that guy like, Hey, uh can you go to the front and get him to print us new keys and then we're down at this beach, come bring them to us. Oh wow. Hey. So we obviously we had one assigned. The only th- the main thing as far as uh, things that we scheduled full time at the spa and such was that I kind of asked him about that. And then I was like, yeah, I'll think about it which day and then I'll schedule. He goes, no, let me schedule it. I was like, oh, OK, he's like, let me schedule it because he's like, I get a percentage if I schedule it for oh. you. And I was like, oh, OK, well. If you're getting a percentage and it's not from me, I'm all <laughs> for it. Just schedule schedule away. But no, it was it was great. Whether when I found out how little they have to pay those people there, that's when it all made sense why there were so many of them. Because you know, ours was a big US owned hotel chain and mm. you know, they they um we had we had really good long talks with our butler, and they send a bus to the you know other side of the island and pick them all up and bring them to work every day. 
And, um, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, if you tip them like a dollar when they bring you a drink, that's, that's like game changing for the, compared to what they're going to make. Right. Um, so your spa, yeah, your percentage of the spa could have been, could have been huge. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Let me ask but, this question, Glenn, real quick. Cause I think if I remember right, when we were discussing this, I think the resort you went to was either the same or the next door one to the one. It was next door. Cause, cause ours was adults only. Ooh. Ours was adults only. Oh, it was? Maybe oh. we were at the same one. Anyway, uh, I noticed all the staff. One, very, uh, very clean cut. Like, very, like, fresh haircuts. Also, a lot of braces. <laughs> like, on their teeth? or <laughs> Yeah. No, like, like they're <laughs> learning to walk. <laughs> Not a Forrest Gump thing. <laughs> no, like we several of like the restaurants and bars that had like younger wait staff, like ah, uh, it seemed out of place. But you're like, hey, maybe this is something the resort like pays for to like make them look very. Just wondered if you noticed it. No, I didn't notice that as much. My um, observation was further supported by my traveling partner was it seemed like maybe when they pick them up and that in the bus on the other side of the island they're like hey uh you know it's 30 minutes to the resort and we've got two hours so we're gonna drop you off at this gym every day (laughs) and you're gonna work out for an hour straight for nothing but bulk because there were several people in different capacities too like some were in some were by the pool and they're Either they're working at the bar, they're kind of in the entertainment, they're they're in the the ministers of fun, or some of the other staff that was there more in a just like a customer service type capacity, and they're like jacked. Yeah, very yeah, noticeable. Definitely took note of that, and the fresh haircuts too. That's that's on point. I didn't notice the braces, but the uh, the fact that pretty much everybody there looked like they were probably in some type of Dominican summer league. Uh, and just waiting to go into the uh, international pool and get their slot dollars. Like that was very apparent. Yeah, you know, we we looked into the feasibility of going to a game while we were there. But it was a little too far of a trek. Could have done it. But I mean, it's it's I think it was minimum two hours each way. Whether yeah, taxi I'm, not, or Uber. I'm not staying on those uh, dangerous Dominican roads for two hours. Well, I mean, we were more looking into if there was anything that was kind of like an organized thing we could uh, hop on because we're very interested. A Dominican Winter League game, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> we can transition real quick from the appearance of the staff. Did you run into any other hotel guests? that were the older, like, I mean, usually in couples, but the older men were the ones I was fascinated by that just have the huge belly and just the leather skin. Like, all they do 
is go to these beach resorts. <laughs> they don't care about anything. Like they're walking around the tiny little bathing suits, big old belly hanging out, and you're just like, what is this? There's a little bit, there's a little bit of that, and and the folks that uh, bring like their big Yeti cups and just get it refilled over and over and over, usually with something that's that's a froze, frozen, a margarita or daiquiri type thing. Um, but just repeatedly through the entire day, I don't see, I don't see how they do it. Cause I, I mean, there, there were plenty of cocktails consumed, but I was not going you've been, to, uh, you've been to nationals, you've been to nationals ballpark. <laughs> so we know you don't have to do it. Yeah. I don't, those days are, or that day basically <laughs> ended it. It was that, it was that day. And then I think since then, the only time that even approaches it was actually one of our recordings years back when uh, Tom Ginsburg came over here and brought over a bottle of whiskey that we polished off within just a couple of hours. And the next day at work, I was, and this was pre-knee injury because I had to go to work all day, come home and change, and then go play basketball. Like, seriously hungover. And I'll give you this tip. An entire dose or more of pre-workout does not overcome the the hangover. Because I tried that. I was like, I think I can get through 90 minutes. I've never sweat more in my entire life <laughs> in that game. I had to look like I was having some sort of medical event. So, yeah, we just we just can't do that anymore. It was just... Keep it at a yeah, have a fun good, level. And that was it. No, there's a good pace there. Did did you yeah. uh, did you become acquainted with the Rum Runner? Because I sure did. The Rum Runner. That was the that was the cocktail of the day when we were there. And it you was, know what? It was delicious. I'm trying to think of that wasn't the name of the one that was my favorite. Gosh, I can't remember what it was. It but the. The one that that I liked the most was basically, you know, when you're a kid and you go to CC's, you go to the fountain and you get the suicide because you get a little <laughs> bit of everything. Oh, yeah. Basically, the cocktail of the day that I destroyed the most was the one that they just took. What do we have? How many bottles we have that are almost empty, but not quite? <laughs> they have like six different things and they just put a splash of Coke on top of it. That was the one that I was a good six, seven, eight deep when I said, okay, I have to stop or we're going to ruin an entire day here. But it was, it was great. I mean, um, the only time we left the resort, we went to Santo Domingo, which is the, which is the capital city. You know what I learned while I was there? You guys know on this Island, there's two, two different countries. There's oh, the Dominican Republic and there's Haiti. You, you know, you know me well enough to know that I was doing the Google Maps to make sure we were far enough away from Haiti that I wasn't going to run into any issues. I had no idea where Haiti was. Because I believe a former and soon-to-be current president of ours had a term for oh, yeah. Haiti. Um, yeah, that's not a place you want to mess around with. And it is in the same land mass. They just have kind of a line drawn. And uh, hey, we had good speaks with our uh, driver that picked us up and drove us back to the airport. He was real down on Haiti. 
Like the Dominicans are just like, yeah, yeah they don't, they yeah. don't have anything to do with the other uh, side. Yeah. I just, no, Haiti's I, not a, uh, Haiti's not a good place. A little unstable. And of course I was questioned, like, how do you not know that? I was like, I don't know. I never, that's, it's obviously it's a, been described and <laughs> as an S hole country. It's the place where we send our old t-shirts. Glenn's over there like, I'm eight cocktails of the day rereading my Lacey Peterson novel. <laughs> I don't, I don't need this. So, <laughs> no, that, that, there was that and there wasn't, uh, so, so the other weird observation. So they get several pools on this resor- resort. They've even got, we're in like the VIP club. So we've got the one that's just, just oh, for yeah. those, for those members, which I think we only went to like one time. Cause it wasn't when we were there, the first couple of nights was right before new year's, but after new year's day, it went from seemingly not packed, but for the most part, close to capacity to, I don't know. I feel like it was like 30, 40% less, fewer people there the last two or three days we were there. So like Good. the exclusive pool was not really needed. Plus we spend most of our time at the beach anyway, but so you get these pools, you have a couple of main pools and then you've got what appears to be a bubbling hot tub okay. on each side of like one of the main pools. But no, it's just like lukewarm water. It doesn't, and it's not intended to be a hot tub because we actually <laughs> asked about it. We're like, well, why would anyone get in here? It's just the swimming pool, but it bubbles. That's my only complaint about the entire trip. That <laughs> that being that close to Haiti and not being told about it <laughs> beforehand. The place we stayed had startlingly hot hot tubs, like to where I was questioning why would you ever need one this hot? Because nobody can get in here and stay for more than 90 seconds. And that was out on the property. It wasn't like a whirlpool that's adjacent to your room or on the, the balcony. No, they had those rooms, but this this was, you know, kind of in the, the bigger main pool complex. They had a couple of little places with, you know, little, uh, you know, kind of slatted roofs over the top of them and bubbles going and, and they were always empty. And then, you know, the kids were like, hey, let's get in the hot tub and, we figured out real quick why they were empty. They they were um, scalding. Mm. We got one of the rooms with like the rooftop hot tub, real nice. Okay, we were not we were not rooftop. Well, we you had, didn't win seven thousand dollars in a poker trip. That's, that's true because I'm, I'm so. asking for it, so <laughs> so I don't have to carry this debt through the rest of the calendar year. You didn't get that much from the guy you scammed into buying your old truck. <laughs> no, I told you. I, he got a stump cut, ground. Yeah, he just grinded my stump until it was gone. Well, you better, my trees. You better save some of your travel money because we are just weeks away from getting on airplanes again. That's Only true. this time, we may be going to a tropical destination, but this one doesn't have lukewarm hot tubs. It has Hogan's Beach Shop. You know, I think I mean, the place we're staying has a heated pool. I believe it does. I, 
that's I might live there if, if it's sunny conditions. Like the whole time we're at the house. It's also like the, the classic Florida, uh, where like the pools are like enclosed in like a big greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So you don't get all the bugs and stuff that Florida has. It's going to be oh, great. I'm going to get some bugs down there. I'm going to chase some bugs down there. Believe that. <laughs> but no, for those that don't understand what we're talking about, the uh, annual, I, I, I think at this point it's safe to say this is an annual trip, but the annual trip of, of this show plus the uh, RIP Swole Society plus others, uh, making our annual trek to WWE's Royal Rumble. It just so happens to be in the Tampa St. Petersburg area this year. We've secured meager accommodations. Correct. But it does appear that the pool is heated, so that's something. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be you know, it's gonna be a quick trip. We're going in on a Friday and heading out on a Sunday, the event being Saturday. But uh, I hear... That they not only have wrestling, they have casinos there as well. So we've got a lot of options on our on our, uh, on our agenda. Wow. It is Tommy. in competition for best weekend of the year, no doubt. Tommy, are you caught up? Have you been watching wrestling? I admittedly am probably more delinquent this year than I have been in a few, but I do still follow the, the Fightful Twitter account, so I get a lot of play-by-play there. Did watch The Rock coming back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate myself this weekend over the uh, long MLK weekend to, to really getting caught up, so I'll, I'll be there. But right now, I couldn't tell you basically anything that's going on. Just know this. As as we've discussed before, I take my Mount Rushmore of wrestling very seriously. And I'm real close to putting our truth on it. <laughs> <laughs> what Man is a treasure. What comeback this has been. It's been phenomenal. So I, I have obviously watched the things you've texted us. There's no chance they're going to put him in a Mountain Dew pitch black match, is there? Why, why would you want to kill off our truth? No, point? I'm I'm saying this because I'm looking out. I oh. want him to be safe, and okay. I want to make sure he's not booked into that match because our record in that situation is definitely over. I'm going to start directing questions to Glenn here. What are we? What's what's gonna happen, Glenn? Like, where do we grow? Where do we go? I feel like we went from, you know, a few years ago of like not having a bunch of main eventers on the oh, roster yeah. to now, like, there's so many. You're like, like, who's gonna main event Mania? Who's gonna win the Rumble? Like, there's so many different things, ways they could go. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a wild time. And I, and I don't um, like at this point, the, the rumble itself. I mean, how do you not have Cody and punk in the last three or four, you know, it's yeah. the good thing is it's not going to be near as predictable 
as the last two years where we're watching the event, but we basically know exactly who's going to win from the time that it, from the time that it starts. And I think that's been my, I hope they, I hope they really surprise it a little this year because that's been my complaint. Really almost going back to maybe the McIntyre year was the last time we had genuine, just full on shock because we we were really worried Brock was going to win there. But after that, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to dog the last few rumbles too much because the fact that we knew who was going to win made me a bunch of money on Bovada. Yeah. But this time around, like, I don't know. And in, in, as we found out on the last SmackDown, they now made the Roman title match at Rumble a fatal four-way. So now you wonder, is that all set up to take the belt off of Roman without Roman having to take a pin because rock Roman doesn't need a belt on the line. No, it doesn't need it. But I also think, I mean, this is the perfect time of the year of just anything can happen. Speculation on who's going to be there. I think it feeds into that. Cause I think you could have him lose it and to connect the two, it would be because the rock interferes in some form or fashion, or maybe he does that, but it doesn't work out. And Roman still wins. And then Roman that leads him to challenging him at mania and say, Hey, I don't know why if you want something, just come straight at me type of thing. I don't, I don't know. And, and there's the discussion of, well, you know, if this is happening, is it is Rock and Roman going to happen at WrestleMania, or is it going to happen at at the Elimination Chamber? But that Chamber pay per view is in Australia and starts at like three thirty in the morning here. I cannot imagine them blowing that batch where it would be live at like six a.m. Central. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Rock coming back for anything except a Mania main event. And then what if, in the end, the swerve is that The Rock is actually, like we get Roman and Cody again, (laughs) and it gets to the end, and Cody's got him, like he's going to finally do it, and Solo has been banned, or he's been, you know, somebody's come out to, to, to get him out of there. But then it's Dwayne that jumps out and rock bottoms Cody for Roman to win again. That would be amazing. <laughs> so they never have a match. Like they have some lead up, some whatever. You know, they're not on good terms, but then in the end they're they're together because they're family. There's nothing yeah. stronger than family, guys. That blood runs thick. That's right. Yeah, I mean if you could even do like a an injury angle where it's going to be rock Roman and then they quote unquote injure the rock in a way where he can't compete, but maybe like he's either ringside or maybe he could be a special guest referee to make sure solo's not there. And then he just screws Cody. Just like you were saying, (laughs) that would be amazing. And he, I mean, he looks, the rock looks fantastic, but the best thing, 
best way I heard it described was he looks like he's in like blockbuster movie shape, not necessarily ring ring shape. And I do worry as as Tommy mentioned in text not too long ago that uh, he's going to get in a match or a lead up to it and a peck or a quad or something is just going to be flying around the arena. And this, this can't happen because he's legitimately injured. I, and, and I, I have concern, even if it happens, it's a WrestleMania and all that, that the match just kind of stinks. Yeah. And I'm, listen, I never hosted the Swole Society, but I would assume a 50 year old man with a body built that way is not, really in good shape to go a hard 15 or 20 minutes of flying in ring work. So I, I think they're going to have to probably really work around, uh, work around that or somebody's either going to get hurt or to your point, it's going to be brutally bad. Well, when he came back the other day and did the interaction with Jinder Mahal, you know, it was a few punches, spine buster, people's elbow and the rock was blown up he was like the ultimate warrior after he ran to the ring where you're just like he like he can't do a match i mean obviously mania is four months away three and a half months away yeah but he's gonna have to yeah he's gonna have to really commit to it and i don't know if his schedule allows for that to to commit to the the ring training at least i mean obviously he can do cardio but so if we're gonna just and this is obviously before, you know, we're recording on the 10th. So if things come happen on SmackDown or whatever. Right. Do we think Punk wins the Rumble? I mean, he's got to get to Rollins somehow. I mean, it's, it's almost... He wins that, or they tie it to elimination chamber, and that's how we, and that's how he gets to him. But it seems like it's got to be one of the, one of the two. I mean, that's the thing. If you want to get, I'm I'm happy they they kind of siloed Punk off against Rollins, and they didn't get him involved with Roman at all. I do like that. But you still gotta, yeah, somehow get him a title shot, either Rumble or, like you said, maybe Elimination Chamber. But if it's Punk Rollins, Roman Rock, is Cody just is is Cody wrestling, you know, Kofi Kingston in the pre-show or what? <laughs> Chad Chad Gable? Seeing the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What a man! I don't know, and it's funny because because once we get to Tampa, it's it's almost like if someone was like strapped to the chair with their eyes like held open, and they're having to watch us Big Brother style just spend hours talking about all the possibilities <laughs> of what might happen and all these just different ideas, and and then it's like oh, okay, you know what? Let's put some money. And these Bovada <laughs> accounts and start betting on this, and people watching it would be like, "What are you? You're just you're just throwing away money. What are you doing? This is this person's not coming back. This person's dead." And you're like, "Nah." I mean, it says thirty-eight to one, but 
I'm putting 20 bucks on that. <laughs> like Dave and I, a couple years ago in St. Louis, were going into the trip. It was that tag team match. It was the Miz and Maurice against Edge and Beth Phoenix. Yep. Going into the trip, we were like, okay, obviously Edge is going to win. This is this is whatever. Then through the next like 36 hours, <laughs> talked each other <laughs> into the fact that Miz and Maurice are t- and both put money on it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Muscle Matt is just shaking his head at us the whole time. And then, you know, in the closing moments of the match, uh, Miz hits a uh, a skull crushing finale, and Glenn and I are out of our seats. Like I, was, I think I was in the air. <laughs> Jump on the false finish. Yeah, oh, thinking time. that it was gonna happen. I mean, that's just the atmosphere of that entire weekend. But I, I don't know. They have they have so many options, and then even the night of the event, you know, like the Roman matches, if if that kicks off first, boy, we may have something. Yeah. But I don't. If it's if it's the main event, I can't imagine it's going to be anything but him retaining. But if it was first, then who knows? Yeah, I mean, shades of the St. Louis Rumble, right? I it, mean, and he, and he technically lost. Depending on how they up. yeah stack the matches, Do totally get- different runway for the show. Do we get in that four way have a unintentional Roman get saved by a Damian Priest cash in? Man, I feel like they've already done that like three times. Yeah, but I mean, he obviously he's never actually cashed in. No, but. They gotta, they gotta do something with it. He, he's only got a year. Like <laughs> his time's got, ticking. He's still got, he's got six months. I, I was thinking about that the other day. Is it feels like they, they haven't been in real good spots for a cash in. Because when was the last time we had a really good one on the on the men's side? Oh, it's been. I mean, not. I mean, not since I mean it's been more recent than Rollins. But I mean nothing has nothing come will beat close that. To, but, yeah. No, but, like a really good one. I agree. Like, uh, and honestly, I thought the tease at War Games I thought was good. Like that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Where you know he's like, no, stick to the plan, and then Rhea runs out with the briefcase. You're like, oh, this this was a good plan. Obviously didn't happen. But like last year, Theory had it, and he cashed in for the U.S. title, and then so lost. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, that was just a because it was Vince's idea to put it on him, and then he was gone. But I don't know what they're gonna do. And I even had the thought the other day, like, is Judgment Day gonna get beat in their tag team match, and then he's just gonna like out of spite or whatever he's just going to cash it in to re-win the, the tag team that'd be interesting but i don't know what they're i don't know what they're going to do i mean another thought would be what if they would never do this but what if cody beats roman but it's like one of those where at the end it's all he can do just to go over and put his arm on him and you get the moment Roman, he, he ends it, 
you know, Roman's going to take a lot of time off. All this, the crowd is just, everyone's on their feet. They give them three or four seconds of just absolute joy and jubilance. And then the, the Judgment Day music hits, and Cody just has nothing left. Man, you know what's funny, though? <laughs> like, you say that, and, I mean, the crowd would hate it. But it would be so fitting, because that's essentially what happened with Dusty. He won the title and got to hold it up and get cheered. And then they're like, no, it was a disqualification or count out or whatever it was. And then they took it away. But like have Cody get like the, you know, 30 seconds of holding the title. Boy, boy, I like that idea. Now that you say it. Dead gum, pal. This is good stuff here. pal. I don't know. Is because because that would be your last. That's your last image, because that's night two. And are you are you putting up the logo and signing off with... You could probably have the whole Judgment Day out there to make it look a little better, historically speaking. You know, our I'm just, <laughs> yeah, well, how I'd picture it, it's everybody else, and then R-Truth is the background kind of holding himself <laughs> on the road, just getting in the, the picture. But, like, is Priest a big enough character? No! To end the show. And I don't think so either. No. But, but boy, man, I like that idea, though. Boy, anyone, they would hate it, pal. It's just anyone anyone but Cody. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I haven't looked at the odds at all. I don't think The Rock is winning the Rumble. Because, again, you don't need to do that. Um, I kind of think that Punk is probably the betting favorite. But maybe Rollins is in it just to eliminate him. But then they end up main eventing night one anyway. Right. There's a lot can happen between now to get get it set up where we need yeah. it to. And then I don't even know on the well, what is even happening on the women's side. I mean, obviously Ripley's just tearing through the the roster, but <laughs> is there anything else of any substance whatsoever? I mean, Charlotte's hurt. Did you see that? Did you see yeah. she tore her knee up? Yeah. That's not good. Hey, speaking of Charlotte, her uh, her husband just left AEW. I did see that. And you know what? Andrade. Oh, he could that, come back at the Rumble. Oh, no. I think, I, think, I think that'll be, yeah, that'll, he won't win. Obviously, won't win. But that yeah. will be a surprise entry. 100%. Hey, they got... They have several factions that you can join right now with Escobar and Carlito. <laughs> Why did you just randomly pick that one of all the factions? That's no, weird. I mean, or Judgment Day. Oh, yeah, Imperium. of course. Pick a yeah, faction. Join, they can join yeah. the bloodline. I mean, sure. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably put him with the Viking Raiders, <laughs> personally. Oh but yeah, the, the R-Truth You'd be outside trying to sell your truck is what you'd be doing. <laughs> the R- the R-Truth stuff, because I saw something online, and they're playing that up. And it was the members of the Judgment Day just, like, it looked like they're in a food court yeah. eating. And the, the, the caption just says, like, why won't you go away, or where did you come from? And they're sitting at this table, and R-Truth is, like, 10 or 15 feet in the background just waving at the camera as the, the picture's being taken. So after the event, because wasn't he, was it when St. Louis 
that people were saying that uh, after the event, he went to the club. Like, this is literal, literally what happened, not uh, or what was reported, not me making it up, that he was spotted at, like, the closest Waffle House. <laughs> I think that was what it was. I think that's where we was. We were. I think it was in, we were in St. Louis. Still one of the greatest rumble moments was when he ran down, you know, he was entrant, whatever, 10. He runs down, looks under the ring, pulls out a ladder, <laughs> sets it up in the middle of the ring, climbs to the top and looks up and there's nothing there. <laughs> Guy's a hero. Man. Oh, our greatest 24-7 champion. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the uh, post rumble recap of you guys because by then I'll uh, I'll really have a good handle on what's going on. Next episode. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So I want to close this with a real quick story. I've, okay. I've uh, I feel like it's timely. So did you guys do anything for New Year's Eve? Did you uh, did you go anywhere? Do anything? I went to the Dominican Republic. Okay, so which you were, like, which borders Haiti. Yeah, so it shares a landmass with Haiti. I uh, I just did the uh, the you know the more traditional the the uh, the New Year's Eve party, but but very faith based. The uh, the uh, you know the old community group. Did you go to a lock in? No, the uh, you know the old community group at church. You know we we. Uh, we went to the community group New Year's Eve. It's very family friendly, safe and wholesome for the whole family. And um, we, you know, as as one would do at a church party, there, you know, there was there was definitely alcohol there, but it was not alcohol focused. We were there to enjoy enjoy fellowship. So we were playing games, and that's what you do on New Year's Eve, right? You send the kids to one side of the house, and you have them doing their thing, and then the adults are going to play games and. Actually, we can kind of give a semi-assist to Point Break Dave in this, a game we learned about at his house over uh, the Christmas holiday, the Game of Things, Dave. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yep. Yeah, so this this is a game um, that, uh, you know, I think it gives you a chance to maybe flex a little bit of your comedy muscle, if that's, that's your thing. Very simple premise. There's a there's a very generic question teed up, and then you write down whatever you think is the right answer on a piece of paper. Somebody collects them all, reads them all back, and then the object of the game is to vote on who wrote what. Very simple premise, right? So you know, again, uh, we're talking about the church crowd here, so there was a definite 30 minute feeling out process. You know, we we tip tiptoed in, and. Uh, there was an opportunity, you know, later in the game, once we had kind of broke the seal that, you know, hey, we could maybe be a little edgy, you know, find that good balance. That, uh, you know, I, I found a perfect opportunity to come up with a edgy but not too edgy uh, answer to one of the questions. Wrote on the slip of paper. And it killed. Great response from the crowd. Um, finished the game, went home. New Year's is over. That's it. A couple days later, I get a text from the husband of the household. This and the text. Kate Spade related. The text was of his kitchen table. And I'm now texting you guys what he said. And he just said, hey, 
thought you might like to see this from New Year's Eve. So uh, to grab your phone, you might have to zoom in a little bit. So apparently when I was writing. Oh, no. I pushed a little too hard <laughs> on the pin. It looks like the Brooks was here message from Shawshank yeah. Redemption. So, 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 Glenn, why don't you read the most prominent thing you can see there that's now permanently etched into this upstanding member of the church's dining room table? <laughs> All I see, it looks like it's, it looks like it says, "Look at my balls." The word in front of balls is tiny. It says. Look oh. at my tiny balls. I didn't. I didn't scroll over to the left enough. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, happy New Year to everyone at the church. And now this guy and his wife and their three lovely children. Whenever they sit down to breakfast in the morning, they're reminded that you might need to take a look at your tiny Still your golden boy back before you